Hello and welcome to this first episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting and I'm going to be talking all about managing meltdowns and giving you my three top tips to help reduce the meltdowns, to calm things down, to make it easier to manage and overall just making it a little bit nicer. As a parent, I'm sure many of you have experienced those times when your children's behaviour just becomes really hard to manage. Maybe they're escalating, they're getting angry about something and you can find yourself being dragged into it. And sometimes we can find ourselves just totally being drawn into an argument and we might not even know what the argument is about. But it can be very hard to stop ourselves from being drawn in. And some kids are incredibly skilled at engaging people and having an argument with them. So as a parent, I don't want you to feel guilty if you're one of those people that gets drawn in. The other side, many parents actually find themselves just giving in to their child when they escalate. They don't want to get engaged in that argument. They maybe don't have the energy, they're exhausted, they're fed up, or they're fearful of the response if they actually stand up to their child. Neither of those are ideal as a parent for us to be doing, but they're also totally understandable. And the tips I'm going to share with you today are going to help you avoid doing either of those, either engaging or backing off and just letting your child do what they want. I know as a parent, I often jump between the two, between really getting involved in the argument and sometimes I've ended up getting as wound up as my son and other times I'm just too tired to care and I just give in. And neither are great and neither help to build our relationship. And all the time we want to be thinking, how can I build connection with my child? How can I build a relationship with them however they are feeling and whatever they have got going on with them and when we come at any situation from that perspective of connection rather than correction it really changes how we manage absolutely everything and it's a phenomenal way of thinking about things. So I want to look at my three kind of top tips for helping you in those moments when things are getting really difficult. Firstly, and this is one that's much easier to say than do, it's stay calm. Now, I know that when someone first said that to me, I sort of looked at them and tried not to laugh because I was like, really, you want me to stay calm? Oh, my God, you must be joking. It's really, really hard. But it's true. I'm now fairly good at staying calm. It takes a lot of practice, but I am fairly good at staying calm even when my son is getting angry or frustrated or, you know, whatever's happening, I have managed to teach myself to stay calm in those moments. And it does make a huge difference. Our meltdowns have gone from being, you know, three, four hours at their worst to, I don't know, five minutes maybe. So it really does work. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know that I'm really hot on self-care and self-care is a thing that helps me stay calm. When I'm not looking after me, I cannot stay calm. I find it much harder. I'm much more likely to um, escalate with my son, get angry, start shouting, all of those things that we all know as a parent don't help. They don't change the situation. They make it worse. And certainly for me, I would then be feeling very angry, upset with myself afterwards for not handling it in the way that I wanted to handle it as a parent. And it can be very easy to end up 
in a cycle of shouting at your child, feeling guilty, holding on to that guilt that impacts on our feelings. And the next time it happens, we shout even more and we go around in circles. So I want you to really focus on staying calm in the moment. And some ways I do that are taking lots of deep breaths, really, really deep breathing. Um, It helps obviously to regulate your body. It's really interesting the number of parents that report to me that when they start deep breathing, after a while their child copies. So not only is the parent regulating themselves, the child is learning a way to regulate themselves as well without being told what to do. They can just see that it's working. So that's great for both of you. And the other is to use some form of sensory input. So whether that is walking on the spot, jumping up and down, having a stress ball in your hand, pushing against the wall, anything that helps to regulate you. And again, all of those things will also help to regulate your child. So if you start doing it, they might start joining in as well. So that's my first top tip. Stay calm and find out what works for you to help you stay calm in the moment. The second one is don't talk too much. Now, if you're like me and you like a good natter, not talking could be really, really hard. And in the moment, as our child is maybe getting angry, they might be shouting at you, they might be saying some hurtful or unkind things. Our natural reaction is to tell them to stop. Stop saying that. That's not kind. You mustn't say that. That's really rude. Um, You've got to calm down. You've got to stop behaving like that. Your behavior is unacceptable. And we keep talking and we're trying to rationalize with them. We're trying to tell them what to do. And in the moment, they can't be rational. They're escalating and as they do that they're going into fight and flight and the more they go into fight and flight the less rational they can be for any of us as humans when we're in fight and flight we don't need to be rational and so when we're trying to rationalize with them and talking to them all we are doing is probably escalating them even more and overloading their brains even more and sometimes we don't know why we're angry we don't know why we're frustrated so someone is constantly saying to you why are you angry? What's going on? Calm down, blah, 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 blah. It just winds you up even more. And by the way, you need to calm down. I don't know about you, but it's one of those phrases that, oh, does the complete opposite with me. It's, it's just, oh, it sends me, it gets me even more mad. I don't know who's decided to tell someone to calm down, but it's definitely the wrong phrase for me. Um, so we need to think about actually saying as little as possible in the moment because we don't want to add any more to their overload. And they can't take it in. So when you're trying to find out what is wrong, they may not know. And the more you say to them, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. You need to talk to me. Come on, tell me what's going on. The more frustrated and upset they may become, particularly if they don't know, because they may feel like they're not good enough, that they should know, that they should be able to tell you what's going on and they can't. And therefore they must be stupid, you know, not clever enough, whatever it is, whatever words they use in their own sort of mind. So try and say as little as possible. If you find it hard, then using things like deep breathing can be really, really effective because you can't talk and deep breathe at the same time. It also works very well if you're likely to say something you might regret um, or something very silly. So I tell a story about... um, years ago when my son was escalating and I had just had enough one day and he was only eight and I grounded him for the rest of his life 
Now, obviously, that's a little bit ridiculous. And thankfully, he laughed and found it quite, you know, funny and as ridiculous as I did. But it taught me how in the moment it's very easy to say things that we regret. And I still do it now sometimes. I still sometimes say things and I think, oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. That's really, really bad. So if we can stop ourselves from saying it in the first place, then we've got less to apologise for afterwards. And we all know that once you've said something, it's really hard to take it back. It doesn't matter how much you apologise, that person still heard what you've said. So if you had said something unkind or hurtful um, to your child, which, you know, we all do in the heat of the moment sometimes, then that's going to take a lot to repair and a lot to come back from. So if you can deep breathe or whatever you need to do, bite your lip, bite your tongue, do whatever, it'll stop you from saying too much in the moment and something you might regret later on. So my third tip is to stay present. As much as possible, when your child is struggling with their emotions, we want to stay with them. We want to be there with them, to show them that we love them, that we care for them, irrespective of what is going on for them. And that even though they're getting very angry and maybe very agitated and upset, we still love them and we're still there for them. Because the emotions they're having are totally normal and acceptable. It may be the way they're showing those emotions that is actually the hard part and is the bit that is less acceptable. And so we want to really stay with them and help them feel safe and loved. When a child is escalating, they may feel unloved and unsafe. And so if we leave them, we're saying, you manage it. These emotions are too big for me. You sort yourself out. It's your responsibility. And that's a really scary thing for any child to experience. It can be a hard thing for many adults to experience. So we want to stay with them and to stay very connected with them so that they know that we are with them, whatever is going on, and that that big, scary emotion that they're experiencing in that moment is okay, that we've got it, that we can control it, that we can support them, and that everything's going to be okay. So as much as possible, assuming it is safe to do so, you want to stay with them and stay present and show them that you love them, whatever, and that you can manage these big, scary emotions. One way I often describe it to parents is think about being a harbour wall for your child. When they are upset, angry, frustrated, fearful, any of those feelings, we are the harbour walls for our child. So very much like you would have harbour walls and when the boat is in the harbour, the water's calm, it knows it's safe. When it's outside of the harbour, it could be really, really choppy. If we think about being the harbour walls for our child and saying, we're these harbour walls, when you're having these big, scary emotions, it's okay. I can hold them. I can contain them. I can keep you safe. It really does help our child to feel safe, to regulate themselves more quickly and to think about and understand over time how safe they are. And it will take time. It's not a quick fix. And these tips I've shared today are part of the connective parenting approach. So as we go through the podcast, as I share information, as our other experts share information, you'll be able to put it all together and adapt it to meet your needs and your family's needs to really start creating that relaxed, happy family environment that you want. So let me just go over those three tips again. 
The first is to stay calm in the moment. And that is a lot easier to say than it is to do very often. You want to do what you need to do to be able to do that. So for me, it's a lot of self-care, regular self-care, little bits every single day, as opposed to one night out once a month. For others, one night out or one run a month or whatever it is works really well. For me, I need lots of little bits so that I can stay calm in the moment. When I am controlling myself and my own emotions, that's helping my child to feel safe. And that makes a huge, huge difference to the length of the meltdown, the intensity of the meltdown and everything else around it. The next tip is to not talk too much. So if we said the more we talk, the more we can um, escalate them, the more we can push them into fight and flight totally unintentionally. But that can be what happens. So talk as little as you possibly can. And the third is stay present. So really making sure you stay with them in the room as much as is possible, again, to help them to feel safe and confident and self-assured. And over time, it will make a difference. When you use these three tips, they will all help to reduce the intensity, the length and the frequency of the meltdowns. It won't be an overnight game changer, but it will take time and it will have an impact. So start using them. Think about which of those is easiest, she says, knowing that they're not all necessarily that easy. Which of those tips is easiest for you to think about and start to implement? And, you know, if you get halfway through a meltdown or you're going through one and you realise that you're not, you've not stayed calm or you have been talking a lot, it doesn't matter. At that point, go, oh, I'm talking too much. Right. I need to stop talking so much and then stop. And you know, as the more you do it, the easier it becomes to do. So it will take time. Don't try and get it right first time. Don't worry about being perfect first time. And don't worry about being perfect every time. Because I promise you, I've been using MVR for over five years now. And I still don't get it right every time because I'm human. And some days I'm tired and grumpy or hungry or not feeling very well. And then I don't manage to stay calm in the moment because we're all humans. So I hope these three tips have helped you. Just think about how you manage um, any escalations or meltdowns with your child. And these will work whatever the age of your child. They'll even work with adults. Um, So if you are, you know, struggling, think about which you can implement. Start implementing that and move forward from there. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.